and Brother Wes who working late, so he asked me to lead the service tonight. And, uh, they may show up a little later, but uh, I'm just going to enter in and worship God. You know, uh, you know, you may have had a busy day today, or maybe you didn't have a busy day. But tonight, we need to choose to exercise our minds to worship God. That's, you know, that's a really a big part of worshiping God is, is choosing to engage our mind in worship and to lay aside all the thoughts, all the pressures, all the things that would come in and seek to distract us from the presence of the living God. So I encourage you tonight, just enter in with your spirit, with your mind, with your heart, with everything and, and minister unto the Lord here tonight. He is worthy. He died for us. He lives. He intercedes for us. And it's by His grace and by His mercy that we stand here tonight. We ought to thank you. Amen. Just lift your hands and begin to worship Him. Lord, God, we bless you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you tonight for your goodness to us, God. We thank you for your mercy, God. It's of your mercies that we're not consumed, oh God. Oh, Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. There are millions of people on their way to hell, God, but you rescued us, Lord. You saved us from our sin, oh God. Saved us from your wrath, oh God. And we thank you tonight, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We choose, oh God, to enter into your presence, Lord. Brother Joshua, open us in prayer here tonight.
Tuesday night meetings, amen. It's been quite a while. I don't know how exactly how long it's been, but it's been some time. Amen. If you could turn to Brother Reagan, he would say, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I see light out there. First Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to read the first 12 verses of that. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant, now that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornications as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples and, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Amen. Brother Joseph, would you pray? Amen. Father, we thank you for this time, Lord, that you allowed us to gather together, Lord. We yes. ask, God, that you anoint Jordan, Lord, to preach as your oracles, God. Yes, that you would grant them liberty, God, and unction, Lord, that you would give us yes, ears to 
notice there's a progression in what we just read. And this progression will always happen whether someone's backsliding or just coronal. You can always trace it back. You can always trace their actions back to this progression. Don't think I'll be too long here tonight, but just want to I mean, preach what God has laid on my heart. You know, you, can, you cannot control carnality. And you can see that in the first five verses where Paul's talking here and he's, and he's, and he's saying that these people, they, that all the people went through, uh, you know, in the, in the wilderness, all of them passed through. The, you know, they drank of that rock. They passed through the cloud. They were baptized. They were all with Moses, you know, to somewhat to, or to some extent. And they drank of that rock. Right. Amen. But if you if you see here, it says, but many of them, in verse 5, God was not well pleased. Why is right. that? Because they were overthrown in the wilderness. And, and if we don't, if we don't take heed to these steps here that I'm gonna I'm gonna try to bring out, bear with me, then we will also be overthrown. Right. And, and I think there's many of us here tonight that uh or, or there'd be some of us here tonight that would fall under this pattern of of if we're carnal, this is just a, a, a merely a day-to-day -day or day-by-day -day experience, and it shouldn't be that way. But it, it can also be applied to those that are uh, a spiritual mindset, those that have uh, maybe prayed through to somewhat extent. But if we're either we're either backsliding uh, or we're you know pressing in, there's no. I, I think this is one of the things that the carnal mind you cannot comprehend necessarily is. Is that there's no neutral ground in the spirit. We either going up or we're going down. And I believe this is just a warning from the Holy Ghost that we, we take heed lest we fall, like it says later on. But if we if you read in verse five, the Bible says, But many of them God was not well pleased with, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Why were they overthrown? Number one. Now these things were written for our examples. For examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things. And that's always the beginning. That if we, we begin to lust after evil three, lust after evil things. Right. I have the uh, definition here. Let me pull it up. Of lust. It says, longing, desire, desire, eagerness to possess or enjoy as the lust of gain. And another one is carnal appetite, unlawful desire of carnal pleasure. And that's the always, it, it, if you can trace it back, every action of a carnal person or someone who's backsliding to, uh, uh, to being distracted by the world. The Bible says in Colossians 1-2, I believe it is, set your affections on things above rather than things beneath. This is the constant battle of the Christian. Of the Christian life is not to be distracted by the world, not to be distracted from what God's called us to do. And, and, and it can be either lawful or unlawful. And I believe most of the time it is lawful things. That's why you can talk to someone who's who's not really spiritual, who's carnal, and you can say, Why are you doing this? You're you're being distracted with this, and they can they'll just justify it because it's not necessarily oh. sinful. But when it falls into distracting you from doing the will of God, it becomes idolatry. And this is the progression, as we'll see as we go further. But it becomes idolatry. And idolatry is worldliness. If you could sum it up in one word, it's like anything that is worldly, it becomes idolatry. And it could be more so on the things that are uh, lawful. If, if you, those things that are lawful, and, if, and later on in this chapter, Paul said 
you know, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. So if we, if, we, if we let things that are lawful distract us from doing the will of God, then it becomes idolatry. And right. you can see that in the next verse. It says, neither, verse 7, neither be idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Now the three things he mentions in this verse, none of those are necessarily sinful. But they sat down to eat, drink, and rose up to play. They're consumed with entertainment. And that, if, if that, that uh, describes your day-to-day -day life, if you're just consumed with entertaining yourself or finding something to entertain or bore and never looking towards the things of God or never conscious that I'm, I'm doing the perfect will of God or I'm in the will of God and this is what God would have me do, then my friend, then your, your whole life is nothing but carnality. Right. And you yeah. cannot make it. You cannot make it with that, uh, with that mindset or, or being in that mindset. If it rivals your affections, it's idolatry. And, th and this can be uh, just simple things. It can be, like I was saying, lawful things. If it takes away and you can fill in the blanks, you can put a thousand uh, things, a myriad of different things right there. It can take you away from your prayer life. If it takes you away from doing merely just the will of God is the, probably the best uh, a word there, but if, we t if it takes us away from doing the will of God, it is idolatry, and that, bring that is sin. And this is really what uh, Paul is saying here. The, the children of Israel didn't get away from sin, and neither is God going to let you get away from sin. It all it turns to uh, fornication. Verse 8, neither let us commit fornication. Well, Brother Joy, I ain't committed fornication. I ain't out there committing fornication. The Bible says that you're a friend of the world. You're an enemy of God. Right. It says in James 4, 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Right. It's just that simple, my friend. If you're a friend of the world, then you are an enemy of God. If you're distracted with the world, like I said, that's the main battle. And if you can overcome right there, not to, because there's always a temptation to the world's wooing. If it's someone's coral, the world is always wooing and wooing for your affections, whether you're spiritual or coral or not. But the, the coral person cannot decipher what that is, what really is worldliness. And that's why you can, that's where our conviction comes from. When someone is spiritual and someone is pressed in, they have conviction in their life. And God will begin to establish Conviction, and I'm not even talking about necessarily a family, although that applies there, but I'm talking about personal conviction where you take time and I'm not doing that. I'm setting this aside. I'm cutting this off because it hinders me from doing the will of God. This hinders my prayer life. Therefore, I cannot do those things. Which might be you're saying your family members might do those things. And it might be totally fine for them, but God will begin to establish conviction in your own life and if, if that if you're not aware if you're not conscious of that then you're really not too spiritual you're very 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 carnal at best secondly god's a jealous god and if you at one time and i i, I was listening to a message by brother keith daniels and uh he brought this out i never really looked at it this way you know it talks about god being a jealous god visited the iniquities upon them that you know that verse I'm talking about, uh, and I, I never really thought about uh, it in the other way. God's jealous 
for to be intimate with you. God's jealous. If at one time you were intimate with the Lord Jesus, at one time you let uh, you had a prayer life, a vibrant life with God, you can look back and say, I had a vibrant life, my friend. If you've drawn back on that, if those things have, have somewhat, something has distracted you, then you are committing adultery with the world. And the Bible says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity against God. It doesn't have to be merely uh, fornication. It doesn't have to be uh, outright sin. But my friend, it becomes sin when it distracts you from doing the will of God. And you're committing adultery with the world. And you cannot be really right with God if you're an adulterer and committing adultery with the world. God's jealous for that time that you spend with him. God is jealous. He's seeking to have an intimate time with each and every one of us. And that is the key to a Christian life. That is a key to growing, going on with Jesus. That is a key to be a, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot be a disciple if you're not intimate with the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the disciples are always in the context of being together with the Lord Jesus as they were preaching on the street. They were intimate with the Lord Jesus Christ. But merely, if you just because you're in the same room, just because you come to church, we know all these things. Pretty much every person in here could give you, if you would uh, put them in a situation and they didn't have to apply it to themselves, they could tell you the right answers what, what in that situation, but it comes down to what is happening in your life. Are you applying the scriptures in your life? Are you listening to the Holy Ghost on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis? Yeah. Next thing, neither let us tempt Christ. As some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpent. And I'm just going to merely put this as, you know, we, if, if God's constantly, we can be comforted. As we heard that prophecy not too long ago, comforted by the constant wooing, the conviction of the Holy Ghost. You might not be where, you want to, uh, where God wants you to be, and you know it, but God's always going to be faithful to deal with you. He's always going to be faithful to put his finger on the spot. But if we can, if we can grow... Uh, 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 comforting. We can we can grow. Oh, God's dealing with me still. God's still telling tell me to do this over and over again, and get somewhat comforted in our sin. If we don't take heed, we'll be deceived. The Bible talks about that in James chapter one. But let us not be comforted with His constant dealings. But let us uh, uh, submit and and, uh, and and go on with Jesus. That's the true sign of a disciple is someone who goes on who submits to truth. The only reason people continue on with Jesus for years and years and years, and thank God that we can look back in this church and we can look at our fathers, our parents, uh, just you know, pastors, you know, elders in the church, and say, "Wow, we've hardly seen anyone backslide that's been a leader in our church." But but all every single time someone backslides, it's because they did not bow the knee to truth. There was an area in their life that God put His finger on, and they resisted. And it always does this progression. Lust, idolatry, fornication, or adultery of the world. Then you begin to tempt Christ by not taking heed to his constant dealings. And then the uh, last but not least, neither murmur ye. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. 
You know, I've, I've seen that with people that have uh, um, gone back or backsliding or cold or carnal. They begin to murmur against the very thing that is life to them. The very thing that God placed in their life to, to set them free or to help them uh, grow in Jesus. They begin to murmur against that thing because, it, because they begin to murmur against that thing which causes them to do right. Because they want to justify themselves and they know they're in a, in a bad strait if they don't listen. So they begin to murmur and try to find fault. With whatever it is, it might be authority, it might be just something God's placed on your life that it's internal, and, and, and it's just about nobody else knows about it but you, and God's dealing with you. And you begin to look for a find to find fault and murmur why you don't want or why you cannot submit to the truth. We need to take heed. The Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, the last verse here that we read, let, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. That can happen to each and every one of us. We've seen people that are more spiritual than us go on out of here, to walk on out of here. At one time, we were more spiritual. Talking to Brother Enoch last night, Enoch Lewis, and, and he was just asking questions about some of the people that left, and we were kind of reminiscing, thinking back, and I was telling him that we need, we need to be careful. It can happen to us if we let something slip in. If we're not mindful of the Spirit of God, if God's dealing, if we just push stuff aside and know, oh, God's telling me to press in, I'm going to do that and plan on doing it, but never do it, then we're going to fall just as well. It's not that you don't have any truth. As we heard Brother Clendenin say, nothing in us is good. No truth in us. There's no truth in you. Amen. Only thing that we have that we, is good, we can look back to Christ. The only thing. It doesn't matter what you know, the knowledge. You'll be living a lie, like Brother Clinton said, if you don't submit to truth, if you don't submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Bible says, Wherefore, let us take heed, lest we fall, to take the more earnest heed to the things which are being taught, lest at any time we let them slip. Let us take this as a warning, not to fall away, not to look back. If God's dealing with you about something, submit to Christ. This is the only way this church is going to keep going if it's if you and I make a, 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 a make a commitment to listen to the truth, to take heed to the truth, if it's our authority, no matter if, he, if it causes us not to sin, then we must obey to submit, to take heed, to listen. God didn't place you here so that you could correct people. God uh, placed you here so that he could correct you. Amen. Let's take heed lest we fall. message like that. She preached the Bible to us tonight, didn't she? Amen? That was right out of the book. Right down the line. You know, when we hear a message like that, it's in the Bible. What are we going to do with it? God put it right in your lap tonight. That's right. Spoke to you the truth, and if you'll listen to it, you'll obey it, it'll set you free. Amen. It'll set you free. Yes, sir. But you're going to have to make a conscious choice right. to do something about it. To make an altar. I'm not talking about necessarily a literal altar. Amen. I'm talking about you go home tonight and you know God's dealing with you. Amen. You don't just go straight to bed. You don't just go do your normal thing and waste all this time. You go and make you an altar and pray about what you heard. Amen. 
Say, God, I'm going to do something about this. Lord, I don't want to be carnal. Yes, sir. God, I, I heard what you said tonight. I don't, I don't want to murmur against the word of God. I don't want to fall into idolatry. And I don't want to esteem anything more than you. I don't want this world to put me into its mold. God, I don't, I don't want to fall into fornication with the world. And really the spirit of, you know, he mentioned about fornication. That, that is a, in a spiritual sense what he was talking about tonight. But, you know, as young men, that's that, the temptation to have that spirit of oh, fornication. Right. Literally, the spirit of yes, fornication. Sir. Not just in a spiritual sense. It has spiritual implications. Amen. But the temptation to lust after women. Right. Amen. That, the cross is the answer for that. The Lord Jesus Christ is the yes, answer sir. for that. And you may not be literally fornicating, but you can have the spirit of fornication in you. And you know and God knows that you'd be doing it except that there's all sorts right. of pressure and checks placed upon you, and thank God for that. Amen. And that's, you need that, amen? You need accountability in those areas. But if your heart is not to overcome, if your heart really is desiring to go in that direction, but you know that there will be consequences, so you're not going to do it, then you have the spirit of fornication, and you're guilty of it. That's right. That's so right. Jesus can set you free. Amen. You don't have to. You can choose by the grace of God. I'm going to read this, this um, verse here. The very next verse, and this is a very special verse to me because God used this in my life. God really pointed this out to me. And um, this is a great verse to put in your file. Amen. For when you're on the street and they say, well, we can't help but that's sin. Right. This is a perfect verse. This, this is the answer for that. You quote this verse, and, and that's the end of the conversation. Verse 13 says, there had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Oh, brother, the devil's really fighting me. No, he's not. He's fighting you like every other Christian. That's right. That's right. But God is faithful. Isn't that good? Come on. Yes. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that year able. Brother, I can't. I just fall into it every time. I can't help it. Yeah, you can. Because right. God is faithful. That's right. Amen. Amen. God is faithful. Amen. It says he will not suffer you to be tempted above that year able. But will with the temptation. See, God allows temptation in your life. But with that temptation, he has also made a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I'm not here to tell you tonight. Amen. Just, I'm not trying to take away from anything he said. I'm just throwing this in there. Amen. To, to act upon this. Amen. We heard tonight. The answer is the word of God. That's right. The answer is what we heard tonight. Jesus, the way of escape. You're going to have to take the way of escape. God's not going to force you to take it. You're going to have to, going to, have to choose to turn around from that path you've been walking on that's leading you into the world and ultimately leading you to destruction. You're going to have to turn around from that path and walk straight back to the straight and the narrow way. And, you know, if you backslid, you need to go back to where you left it. Right. And if you've never really been right with God, you're, you're on that broad road, you're headed out out of that world, that filth, and that sewage, you need to turn around, and you need to do it tonight. That's what God's saying. That's right. Do it tonight. Make an altar. God will hear you. God will answer you. God will enable you to, to stand, and he will be faithful in your life, and enable you to be faithful to him. Amen. Stand with me. Praise God. Aren't you thankful? I just lift your hand. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are.
We do love you tonight, Jesus. We thank you that you made a way, God. You've given us your grace, Lord. You sent your Son, Father. Oh, God, we bless you here tonight. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Brother Joshua, close us with Praise and glory for so great salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God for this.